It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. There's a place here at the table. Your coats go by the door. You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic because your waistband's going to get tight. Take time. It's a beautiful spring day in New York City. Thank God. Finally. I feel like also though we've been saying for months, it's coming. Spring is coming. I know. Spring is coming. It's like... <laughs> the inverse of Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Exactly. Yeah. Spring is coming. But we have so many big announcements today. The first of which is that we have a brand spanking new website. That yeah. That looks awesome. pretty dope. Yeah, it looks really good. Uh, the website is havinganightpodcast.com. And it's spelled normally. Can you believe it? All three of those words are spelled exactly as you would imagine they would be. No tricks. <laughs> no tricks about Having a night podcast.com. <laughs> Straightforward. On our website, you can subscribe to our newsletter, which we really, really hope you do, because we're not going to send that many updates, but when we do, they're going to be funny. They're going to have news. They're going to have information. They might have a recipe. Exactly. A recipe, maybe some cute photos. Maybe, maybe even just- like a raffle. We'll see. In my dreams. Yeah, don't get excited about a raffle. There's there's no prizes coming from us. Unless you send us some prizes. What am I trying to get again? An instant pot? Oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. And again, instant pot if you're listening, Sophie needs one. That's like the hundredth <laughs> time we'd we've mentioned that. Exactly. If you want to send us listener questions, we have a new email. The new email is hello at having a night Once again, everything is spelled normally. It's so exciting. Turns out, like, getting a podcast off the ground is actually really hard, especially when you don't know that much about technology. So we're getting there. We're getting there. Thanks for bearing with us. And please send us your questions. We love getting them. In fact, this week, we might have one or two. Yeah, we'll see if we get Maybe we'll see them for next week. Speaking of uh, bad technology, (laughs) our sound quality on this week's episode is a little bit wonky because something was plugged into the wrong side of the computer. Don't blame us. Who knows? I have no idea where these wires go. But hopefully you'll listen anyway. It's such a great interview. We're so psyched. Yeah, so stay tuned. Here comes our interview with Justin Wands. So today we're here with my good friend Justin. Justin Wands, multi-talented performer, singer, songwriter, musician, but also has worked in the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry for many years and Mm -hmm. is very passionate about it. Um... And I was saying to Sophie, if anyone has had some epic debaucherous nights in this town or has been privy to some other people's debaucherous nights, yeah. it's, it's you. Mm-hmm. This is true. So I think we might want to get a little uh, rated R in this episode. Great. So if there are kids listening, throw them in another room and lock, yeah. throw them in the basement and lock <laughs> the door. With a pizza. Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so when we met, I knew you just as a musician and mm-hmm. a singer, and I had no idea that this was another passion of yours. When did it 
kind of start for you? So um, I, I sort of started the music thing and the passion for that. Well, passion for food when I was really, really young. I started playing violin when I was like three and a half years old. Mm-hmm. But officially, according to my parents, the first real job that I wanted when I was younger was to be a chef. Oh, yeah. And so um, I used to watch sort of like Food Network shows with my dad when I was younger, and I was sort of into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually had a carrot tattooed on my arm. He's got a lot of good tattoos. Um, that is related to sort of a, my philosophy in life that has to do with food. Essentially, when I was a kid, the only thing I did not like were carrots. And my father took me to a cooking class at the only four-star restaurant on Long Island where I grew up, Long Island. Um, and we get there and of course the first thing this guy is going to cook are carrots. Mm-hmm. And so I look at my dad and I was like, no, this is not happening. Right. And he was like, listen, if the chef is good, just try it. Just try anything they're going to make you to try it once. If you do not like it, you never have to try it again. Yeah. And that sort of became my philosophy on generally everything. Yeah. Uh, in life. <laughs> um, but, but really, really, uh, according That's to a food, great philosophy. Yeah. I think it's great. And I think it's, I think it's what parents should do for their kids, you know? It's like you never have to have this again if you don't if you don't want to, but you got to try everything yeah. one time. So I happen to like the carrots too, so I think that's why it sort of worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of got lucky there. Um, and but, then your dad took you to the tattoo parlor. Yeah, they took the tattoo the parlor. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> and that was it. So um, yeah, I mean, I moved into New York uh, to go to Manhattan School of Music for opera. And my mom to sing opera. Sing opera. Oh yeah, my God, I, I did not know this part of bio. His voice is insane. Uh, and uh, so uh, my mom got me uh, in touch with one of her friends who was running a restaurant um, in the, I guess it was like sort of theater district, Hell's Kitchen area. It was a 24 hour uh, French brasserie. Um, can you name which one? Uh, I can. It was called Pigalle, and it's now closed. Mm. It's owned by the same yes. guys that owned like um, L'Express and Steve Yeah, 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 yeah. So you could still smoke in there at the time, mm-hmm. um, which very, very soon after ended, which is really terrible, actually, like working in the smoking area was like the worst. Um, but it was also 24 um, seven. So I started out uh, working breakfast shifts and then was working more. I was taking I was a, I was a, a server there. Um, that was sort of how it all started. And so because I really loved food when I was a kid, I would, and I was also, when I moved in here, I had no friends. I didn't know anyone. So I would like go out to dinner by myself and um, I would like go to fancy restaurants by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go to Jean George all the time. Oh my uh, God. Sit yes. the bar. And like, you know, the money I made, I, I had a really good deal in my apartment that I was living in, which was in the projects um, with this uh, Asian fellow that my voice teacher from high school knew. Mm-hmm. But I was paying four hundred dollars a month. Oh, for no, <laughs> no, no! I don't know if we can air that. Some people <laughs> might <laughs> jump out a window. <laughs> so I also didn't know it was the projects um, at the time. I just was like, "Oh, this is just a building area." Where in Manhattan? Sixth and First Avenue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I saw some pretty wild shit up there. Mm-hmm. But soon after, left and then moved across town. But I, I basically continued to put myself through school with. Um, with restaurant work mm-hmm. and it was a cool job because it was uh i didn't hate it yeah. um there were times where I, I didn't like it but i never really despised it and i always kind of felt like if i did a good job uh at the venue i was working at that i would leave and i would be able to leave my job at my job yeah you know? right versus a lot of other careers where you're never done you always have emails and texts and phones like and all being that. an actor exactly. yeah like yeah yeah, yeah sure and also now a lot of like tacky people. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's 24 seven. So uh, also the cool thing with the hospitality industry is you can do it anywhere in the world, which is kind of cool. 
Uh, I mean, yeah. now I could go really go anywhere and do and work sort of wherever I wanted. But yeah, I mean, essentially was at this bistro and then um, I started working for Thomas Keller and then I ended up working for Daniel Balud and then um, I worked for Mariah for a second and then I worked Hit all the great helped, wow. open, uh, helped open a bunch of restaurants. Uh, reconnected with a good friend of mine who I grew up very close to on Long Island, who was the, uh, the general manager of uh, Scarpetta. Um, mm-hmm. and his name is Jeffrey Tascarella. He's now the director of operations for all of the Nomad hotels. Yeah. Um, really brilliant hospitality guy. And we ran into each other at Scarpetta, and um, I ended up kind of eventually going to help uh, with the Nomad in early stages and met all of the Love Madison Park and Nomad guys. And I think that was a big turning point for me with the, the industry. Um, kind of really seeing like, perfectionism like uh, an attempt to execute that yeah um and the hospitality side of it was as important as the kitchen side Mm -hmm. which oftentimes is not the case totally Um, and i think they have done a lot to kind of change that and show how there needs to be a symbiotic relationship between the the what they call the uh the kitchen and the dining room they don't say back house front of house because that feels like more of a divide yeah um and that's and that was there and then i helped open shuko um, which was the last restaurant that I worked in, sushi restaurant. And then I left there to uh, help start a tech, hospitality tech company, uh, which I was at for two years, which is called Salido. And uh, now I'm just back in the music game again. Yeah. You never really left. No. Yeah. No. Well, that's uh, quite the resume. Yeah, the shortened, the shortened the truncated yeah. version. Yeah. So when you say that, like, Nomad and EMP... Uh, really value hospitality just as much as food. Can you That's, just speak to like specific things that you learned that maybe someone could apply to when they're having people over? I mean, probably, <laughs> but I know that when I went to Nomad, when you like got me in and you were my server, it was the most incredible night of my life just because it felt so special and like it could go on as long as I wanted it to. Ooh. And it was like, greatest feeling i don't know it it kept feeling like so personally catered to me and yeah like little secrets and and then going up to the library Mm -hmm. and i don't know it was just this really magical evening where you don't doubt for a second that it's worth all that cash it's just like that's that's a very interesting thing and and when you think about what you what you pay for some of these meals Mm -hmm. it's like you could fly sometimes anywhere in the world for the cost of these meals you know Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very, very important thing. Um, you know, whether you're having some kind of a, a gathering or you're having a dinner out, like at the end, uh, is there does the value translate to the experience, right? So, like, right. if you get a check for for three hundred dollars at a restaurant, if you didn't really, really enjoy that evening, it's going to feel a little bit of a tinge. And like, as the restaurateur, like, yeah. you never want that to happen. You always want to feel like the people are getting what they deserve. Right. You know? And if people do not feel that way, they won't not return. Right. Yeah. So I think the nomad specifically, um, it's kind of like a unicorn restaurant. It's, it's such a spacious place. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got three dining rooms, you've got a bar, you've got a library. Now they have another bar next door that they opened. There's all sorts of different like nooks and crannies and things like that. So, uh, they encourage people to be creative with, um, the way that they take care of people, right? So, That's so cool. Um, yeah. If you're if you're a server, captain, well, however they call it, and this this goes for a lot of the the, the really high end restaurants now. It's like if a server has an idea about a way to um, bring more value to the person's experience, um, if it's like a piece of food or if it's a cocktail or if it's you know something even above and beyond, like they encourage you to do that. They don't 
they don't think about the cost to the restaurant mm -hmm. because in reality, like if you think about the cost of a bottle of wine or a cost of uh, a cocktail or, or what it costs to make a plate of food, it's odds are quite significantly less than what you're they're charging for it. So like for me to give someone a, a glass of champagne on the menu, it might say the glass is $30, but in reality it probably costs yeah. the restaurant around 10, maybe less. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. So for $10 of our like loss, what is that experience going to bring to someone? Right. Yeah. So, um, again, it's like, it's really about the value. It's about what you're creating, what you're giving someone versus what they're paying for. And that's figuring out a way to make that quantifiable. Yeah. Wow. I always feel like when I go out to one of those restaurants, yeah, at the end, I'm always like, it was really good, but would I rather, would I have rather just gone to Shake Shack? And spent five dollars and had a cheeseburger that I know was going to be good. That's yeah. always like the standard test. Yeah, yeah. And often the cheeseburger wins. Often, JG Melon. Do you think that people are going for the JG Melons of the world, the Shake Shacks, the kind of corner bar, the local restaurant? Now, the neighborhood joint seems to be this big thing that we're seeing all over the country. People right. wanting to go to these places as opposed to the Thomas Keller, the Nomad. Well, yeah. So, like, I think that statement makes me think about. Um, a, a lot of different industries like um so the music industry uh used to be you'd have to have million, half a million dollars a million dollars to record a record you have to have a label you have to have people putting your stuff on radio to for you to get anywhere right um uh you know high-end restaurants used to be french exclusively or there there were a lot of things that were a certain way and they're not a certain way anymore i think a lot of it has to do with the way that we communicate now yeah so um you know, a good song now is much less likely to be stifled because of just global communication, right? Mm -hmm. uh, everything seems to sort of be, be to be becoming about this, like ask the audience yes. um, kind of mentality. Yeah. And so, you know, places that um, that were you were told were good um, don't necessarily have to be good anymore. You know, mm -hmm. cuisines that you were told are supposed to be inexpensive and cheap and be undervalued this is something david chang talks about all the time he's yeah. like why is a bowl of robin like ten dollars and a bowl of pasta is thirty dollars right right like the essentially the ingredients are the same and it's yeah. because of this mentality that was sort of put on asian food that was like cheap and it's not good so now you have restaurants that are like atomix and restaurants that are elevating sort of these cuisines that were given less quote-unquote respect and people are just judging it by how it tastes right yes like you go to lucali's in brooklyn it's just a pizza. It's just a calzone. There's no beverage program. It's a vibe. It's an experience, right? In the same way that like retail is disappearing. Uh -huh. Like retail uh -huh. is disappearing because uh, of the way that we communicate and the way that we, uh, the social behavior has right. changed. But the retail stores that aren't disappearing are the ones that are experiential, uh -huh. right? So it's just a very kind of interesting way to sort of look at things. I think it's, um, it's really making people cook better food and create better restaurants. Um, because uh, they're sort of um, being able to gather all this knowledge quicker and um, for a more global place. Yeah. Well, but it's a funny thing of I feel like the standards are higher, but simultaneously it often seems like people who are opening restaurants are just trying to curate to the passing whims mm -hmm. of Instagram culture. Yeah, and, and those obviously, probably won't last. You know? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And of course, then there are restaurants that are opening that are actually not just exciting, but are like introducing certain cuisines to the larger audience of New York, for instance, et cetera. And like, that's, that's great. But it does feel like there's an element of you walk into a restaurant that's like new and hot and mm -hmm. you look at it and you're like, this is exactly the same 
as that other restaurant that opened right. last month. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Right. There has to be yeah. a sense of, a sense of, of, of like a story, right? And that's yeah. sort of for like any company. I sort of like think of things that way now because I, I did a lot of consulting after I left mm-hmm. the, the tech thing with other companies. And, you know, you learn like the story is so important, right? And it's like, how do you communicate the story of what you're doing to um, have people feel uh, involved or feel be able to latch on to it, right? Yeah, connected to so, it. So like whatever the company is, like uh, whether it's Nike or, or Swell Bottles or, um, you know, um, some new CBD beverage or something, if <laughs> the story <laughs> is being sweet. presented properly, you're more apt to be involved. Like Sweetgreen, right? Sweetgreen is not a salad company. It's a lifestyle brand that sells salads. Whoa. Right? It makes you feel, you, when you go to Sweetgreen, you feel a certain way. So yeah, so the story is very important, right? And I, I yeah. guess like to, 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 uh, anything that you're really going to do, especially in business, right? Like the story has to resonate with people. And I think you remember the story as the customer. You remember the story more than you remember the taste of the food. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my experience at the Nomad. And I right. think that's like when you leave a dinner party, you remember the company, what you talked about. Sometimes remember the, ch- the chicken korma. But <laughs> usually right. it's it's the story that is unfolding in in real time that you don't know where it's going to go. It's, you know, it's not a meeting. It's a dinner. It's a party. The worst of thing, right? I think right. wine is really cool to talk to like wine, sake, everything yeah, is exactly. a very cool topic to, to apply that to because it's one of those things where, again, the story is so important, right? If you're like, Oh, um, this particular bottle, there's only, they only made six cases of this. Um, or like this sake was aged in snow for five years yeah. or, um, you know, uh, whatever that it's may be. It's kind of be. amazing also the things that you can make up to make a good story. Well, you can make up whatever you want. But like, right. for example, like I, the, the oldest, I think the oldest wine I ever had was from 1928, mm-hmm. right? It was a Bordeaux from 1928. And it had never moved from the cellar. And this guy had brought it over and it was part of a dinner. And so I got to taste it and stuff like that. And it was still delicious. So I knew the story behind that. I knew how special the moment that was. I knew I was ingesting something that was 90 years old. Yeah. yeah. Which is also crazy, right? Because totally. beverage is probably the only thing that you can eat that has that much time on it right so then you go into the whole idea of what was going on in the world at that time yeah like what were the people doing like there's a lot there's a lot to engage oh absolutely i mean and i think i think wine is such i'm i'm quite excited by the world of wine and i think that what does go into making a good bottle of wine is an incredible amount of care and Mm -hmm. i think like by no means would i be like oh they spent a lot of money on wine that's that's wasteful. Right. You know, um, check this out. This is, this is where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. So I knew that wine was from that thing, right? Yeah. Say I was given 10 glasses that were put in front of me and I did not know what they were. Sure. Right. So what's up now? Like, would I be like, Oh, this, this glass is $5,000. Like what have I yeah. been able to tell? Would it have meant something to me? Probably not. No. Right. I mean, there are all people context. like listen, Somalia's like all these guys like that are out there that do sound. They're brilliant. They, the amount of knowledge I've taken is obscene. The palate, that whole thing with tasting is really, so really amazing. cool. Um, and I think it's a really awesome skill. And that's something that we kind of talk about with the dinner party thing, yeah, too. Yeah. Tying in like beverages and all that. But um, quantifiable, so very hard. Sake, even more difficult. Uh, and I've tasted bottles of sake that are, you know, four or $5,000. And I've, I've had sake that's around three fifty. And cost-wise, I'd happily take the three fifty one. Yeah. I'm over the $5,000 one. Um but it's but again, nice that you get to taste it. Yeah, sure. You know? yeah, yeah, it's, it's totally. pretty tasty. Yeah. And, and I've had some bottles of wine that have literally made me flash back to my childhood, get goosebumps, like feel weak. Like that, it, it's, there's some very, very special moments out yeah. there. And that's what these people who collect these bottles 
and 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 do the stuff socially and do this professionally they, they chase there's very few of those moments but those moments are really really incredible yeah yeah in the totally. same way that like the first time you have a white truffle perhaps or like some kind of food memory that really strikes you. Like you remember that stuff your whole life. That carrot. Want the carrot. Yeah. The reason you got that. The so I mean, there's, there's particular dishes, particular things I've eaten over the course of my life that I remember and I will never forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. It's just really what this podcast is about. It's like chasing that down. What is, right. why creating is magic, your night? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Creating magic. Why do you remember it? What is, yeah. What is the story or the context that you've built around it? What have you like in a way sold to someone right. at your house? But so yeah, I think it's fascinating with, with thinking about beverage and stuff like that, doing that at your home, again, the story, right? Like, um, gaining wine knowledge, uh, gaining knowledge of beverage. Um, the thing that I found to be the most, um, well, one of the coolest things about it was that like, now I can go into a wine store or I can go into a restaurant and I can find something on the menu that is, I don't know, maybe half the cost of something that I would want to drink, mm. um, or just essentially a better value. Right. Yeah. So instead of saying, hey, I like need this Sancerre, which is a common wine that people like love, it's Sauvignon Blanc, it's clean, it's mineral driven, it's whatever. I can say, hey, like maybe I'll have this Greek wine or maybe I'll have this uh, Gruner Beltman or this other grape or something that's like $10 a bottle at the wine store. I can get a couple of those and I can bring them home and I can be like, hey, like this is something that you might not have had before and they're going to like it and they're going to remember that, right? And that's going to affect the experience in a positive way. Yeah. Um, and then, so there's part of your story, right? You've shared something new with someone that they've never had before. Um, you've told them about um, something that's comparable to something else they like, and then yeah. that's going to help, you know, bind everyone together. Exactly. That. How would you, like, I imagine that there were certain nights where you would be, you know, serving in a restaurant or working in a restaurant and like the mood is just not what you guys wanted it to be. How would you like inject a little zing, for instance, at a place like Shuko, where the vibe is supposed to be like pretty rock and roll, like, but if it's feeling a little more somber than you want, like, how would you guys kind of well, I mean, music for a place like that, music helps a lot. Uh, I think for any restaurant that you go into, you always have to remember there's like a an interesting relationship between the person serving and the person like kind of receiving the service. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, in general, I think everyone's kind of heard about people being shitty in restaurants to like servers and, and that happens yeah. all the time. Um, and I think one of the unique perspectives coming from the hospitality side, looking at that, it's like, yeah, no one likes to get treated like shit. I've had, and I'll tell you some really funny stories about how I've dealt with that scenario. Um, but, um, Jeff actually, who was the director of operations at the Nomad, um, everyone that's working there is kind of proud of what they do. It's not thought of like a subservient career. They have a lot of knowledge and this is for a lot of, a lot more restaurants than used to be these days where it's thought of as like a more noble career now. Yeah. It's like a career. It's Mm -hmm. an actual career. career. It's not a day Um, job. Yeah. So, you know, like in any career, like if you're a doctor and you're talking to other doctors, you like laugh about things like oh they didn't know this or like you're laughing there's inside jokes that happen and stuff and so in the in the service industry there's a lot of that too because people will ask questions that to you seem completely stupid right Mm -hmm. right um and like there's little things like um uh like things that the average person might not know like for example like chablis right everyone's heard of what chablis is chablis the grape is chardonnay right so that's from france Chablis Uh is a place blah 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 so someone might come in and say like oh like i want a glass of chardonnay and you have chablis on the menu and you're like oh like try the chablis and like oh i don't like chablis Right. So, right. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Right. You know, you can, you're, it's easy to be like, "Oh, this person's dumb." Right. But like that person could be a brain surgeon that like just came from a 15-hour operation. Yeah. Right. Like just saved someone's life. Right. And everybody so, just has different. Yeah. For you, like coming from the service side, it's like just gotta, your job is to help to help everyone figure things out, right? Regardless of their 
level. I mean, listen, there's some people that just are, they're just a little bit, uh, it's a bit much, but sure. you know, in, in scenarios like that, it's very easy to like kind of laugh it off and be like, oh, this person's an idiot. But in reality, you have no idea what their story is. Right. Yeah. And the same way that they don't know what your story is. They didn't know that, you know, I was a trained opera singer and this and that and the other, like no, no one knows no that knows. about me. Yeah. No one's going to like think about me, think about the story of my life or like what my day was like. Right. Yeah, totally. And yeah. that's the same thing with dinner parties, right? Everyone's coming in there with their entire life story behind them. Right. Going into that thing. Right. right. I had so, a guy call me a fucking cunt on the street the other day. Really? Out of nowhere. And who knows what his story was? Who, I'm sure well, exactly. He might have just gotten fired. Exactly. Well, this is the thing. I think it was <laughs> so felt like time. shit, but, but it really is true. It's like you got to come at it from a place of compassion. <laughs> true. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. Everyone's got a story. Want to die. It's going to be a good segue into some of my insane restaurant stories. Okay. I'll bang a couple out for you. So one of them, I was working at a place um, and the plates were very, very hot. And the runner, who's the person who brings the food, drops the food. The guys, I was not paying attention at all. He's like, be careful. This place is very, very hot. Like, uh-huh. Very, very careful to make sure because it's really hot. The guy wasn't paying attention. He was like blabbing, totally wasted or whatever. The guy goes to touch the plate, like freaks out. Starts screaming at the guy, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, this play, blah, blah, blah. Guy stands up, and the runner just knocks him unconscious. No. Punches him directly in the face, knocks him out. That's amazing. Oh, my God. Just takes off his apron, just walks out. Wow. That was his last day. He knew it. Yeah. He knew. That was his breaking point. Another, like, staff breakdown story. Uh, One of my favorite ones. Um, There was this kid, and um, I can't exactly remember what happened, but he was fired mid-shift. And this was a restaurant where the kitchen was uh, up about five stairs, Mm -hmm. five and uh, in the kitchen was all the desserts. So the kid went into the kitchen. <laughs> he took an entire chocolate cake. Oh my God, I love this guy. Came out, stood yes. at the top of the stairs, and just like screamed. I can't remember what he screamed. Oh and my threw God. the chocolate cake oh my. <laughs> into the air across the dining room. And it was one of those exciting moments where like, you know, the slow-mo where you, like, you see it break apart yeah. midair and it just rains down upon people. Oh my God. And so just boom, like hits all these tables. And it's like one of those moments where like everything's just quiet. And like the one piece of cake like falls off the guy's yeah. head. Like one of those, and he runs out. Manager chases him. That was that. That was pretty exciting. Wow! wow. wow. I wonder what Incredible. that backstory was. Oh my gosh! They're all so cinematic. Yeah. yeah, my most insane one, which I don't know if I've told you before, Ari, but my I was in high school at the time. This is like my first. I was just working at a catering place in the summer, and it was a wedding. And during the best man toast, uh, anyone that knows me like sort of knows the story. So if my friends hear this, they'll be laughing already. Um, but Two tables of 15 guests, a 400-person wedding, uh-huh. and for the best man toast, got to go put down champagne for the best man toast. So the way they did it, which is totally improper, instead of putting the glasses down and then pouring the champagne, they had all the champagne on the no, tray. No, 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 And no. you would bring the glasses, okay? Right. So just to put this in perspective, I have 30 glasses of champagne yes. on this tray. That's almost Which impossible. is basically four bottles of champagne. Oh, my. Wow. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Best man's given his toast. I go to put the first glass oh down and the tray just tilts and all 29 oh glasses of champagne oh come down this guy's head. He's, he's also bald, which is like, I don't know if like his lack of hair made them break on his head, but like a couple of them break <laughs> on his head. It's sharp. The champagne just, it's like a, like a fucking waterfall <laughs> under this guy. Whole place, dead silent. I'm like 17. I share my friend like in the distance. I'm like, Oh shit. And I was like, I look at him, I like look, and I was like, uh I, and I look at this guy and I'm like, I was like, sir, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, I will be right back. I was like, I have to get a broom. I'm gonna deal with this. We're gonna take care of you. Everything's gonna be fine. 
So I go back to the kitchen. I go to the locker room directly. I get my bag. Wait. I go out to my car and I just drive away. And I, come back. <laughs> yeah. I never yep. came back. And I remember Third Eye Blind semi-term life was on the, oh, on the radio. Yeah, yes. So mm-hmm. it was giving me like the do-do-do. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> Driving away. 30 glasses Over at 17. onto his head. Oh my God. That is so... Oh my God. I wonder if he was okay. He didn't sue or anything. Well, I don't know. Well, I would never know. I left the paycheck there. Head. They were like calling me, and it's like I was like a kid. I had, I couldn't. Have, I was like I couldn't handle. They were calling like, me like, "Throw your phone out. Hope you're okay." Car window. Yeah. And I was like, no. Oh my god. No that more. Is so never. funny. Oh my god. Never. I mean, there's so many. There was. I mean, I've seen people die like from choking <gasps> to death. That's oh really god. pretty horrible. Oh my god. Two actually in the same restaurant that were sitting in the same seat. Oh my a month god. Apart. No. 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 That Stop. is oh my god. The cursed. Yeah. The cursed chair. I'm sorry, but anybody who doesn't believe there's such a thing as like bad juju, this yeah. is it. I don't know why that chair had such bad juju, but a guy, a guy choked um, and wow. had a heart attack and, and passed away. Wait. Unfortunately. Wait. And okay. Sorry. And then a month later, what? a guy choked and asphyxiated and died, and they they literally defibrillated in the restaurant like really wild, wild and like stuff. and did people give these people these men the heimlich maneuver like yeah, people yeah. Tried? they tried yeah i mean they did they had the emts like actually defibrillating in the in the restaurant which is really really wild i yeah. mean i'm practically joking just imagine yeah and that's so the most insane thing was the after the, the fellow had I, I, oh, maybe actually we didn't know i don't know if he passed away they, they took him out or whatever what happened table next to the the guy that had died was like it's his birthday like can you guys sing no. I was like, oh, I'm fucking singing. Right wow, now. people are so self-centered. Oh, psychotic. my God. Psychotic. Everyone's like shook. Shook. Like a guy died eight feet from you. And you're like, it's his birthday. It's, his, it's my mom's like, birthday. Oh, yeah. Can you? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, really? Cool. Wow. And I can't do that for you, sir. Can't. I'm not going to be, no. Oh, my God. I'm not going to be singing. Jesus. Have you ever been like... I'm sure you have like propositioned sexually by a customer. Uh, yeah, that that sort of happens sometimes. I don't know how much anymore. My old age. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no on. one's propositioning Six, me seven, anymore. Um, yeah, ladies. Um, yeah, there's some wild things. I mean, the the first place I worked at, which was was in a was inside of a like a hotel area, and I definitely. Uh, went with guests back to their hotel rooms yeah um on their per their request i had people like leave notes occasionally um and sometimes and i wouldn't believe that the notes are real because i was thinking someone was fucking with me uh-huh. and that was always interesting uh, i had so I, like- I had one scenario where i went back to this hotel room with this girl and then about 15 minutes into our interaction a guy popped out of the bathroom and was like i went in on this too oh my god oh, this is cool okay bye <laughs> wow. Yeah. But like, like the fact that it was secret too, like he was like, how long was he? Like he was, yeah. was he waiting? Was there like a certain noise yeah, or a code he, that she was like, it's time. Pop out. Right. Yeah. yeah pop on out. Yeah. Like <laughs> I was like wedding shock. crashers. Yeah. Wedding crashers. He's like, I'll go in the closet. I'll pop out when the time is right. He's like, no, 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 no Todd. Would people <laughs> invite you back just for sex or also like to party with them? Um, I mean, the partying thing just happens naturally. I think, you know, you, you go out with people afterwards and, and you just become friendly at yeah. wherever place you're at. Um, um, and then after parties happen, if they happen or whatever, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's just funny. That's just funny. Yeah. I may or may not have partaken inside of the restaurant during a shift once, but, uh, I mean, that is epic. Yeah. 
Yeah, I may or may not have asked someone just to watch the tables I was waiting on and then <laughs> returned a significant amount of time later. But, you know, a significant yeah. amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Definitely. yeah, yeah. Don't worry. definitely not five minutes later. Definitely. Yeah, definitely way more yes. than five, eight minutes later. Yeah. Um, I wasn't in a rush, although I should have been <laughs> because I was working. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, lots of interesting things happen. Lots of interesting things happen. Well, thank you so much. Thank for you. being our guest and I will just leave our listeners well Sophie what do you I was going to say thank you for injecting a little bit of rated R yeah rated, rated it yeah yes. into our pod my pleasure I just want to leave everyone with the it's an Andy Warhol quote about Studio 54 and he said the key to the success of Studio 54 is that it's a dictatorship at the door and a democracy on the dance floor right bring that ethos into your dinner parties That's right absolutely <laughs> absolutely hey guys to see pictures of some of our favorite recipes, tablescapes, or debaucherous evenings, follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at having a night. We're actually, uh, we're relaunching our Instagram, so now is a really good time to follow us. We have some amazing new graphics and pics, so follow along at having a night. It's the seasonal vegetable of the week. Ramps. Ramps. Cramps. Tramps. <laughs> Rhymes with all my favorite words. <laughs> Guys, it's ramp madness every year this time of the year. Yep. People go crazy for some body odor smelling alliums. Okay. I do like ramps, but I think that they've gotten a little too hot for their own good. You know, it's like people discovered that there was a form of garlic that they hadn't ever tasted. And oh, then everybody so went true. crazy and added it to everything. Yeah. But I feel like Ari has some hot takes on ramps, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I mean, do I? Of course I do. But I have some hot stories about ramps. And by hot, I mean embarrassing. <laughs> um, but first, for everyone out there who doesn't know what a ramp is, it is, I'm on Wikipedia, it's a North American species of wild onion widespread across eastern Canada and the United States. I did not know that it was native to this continent. Oh, I thought yeah. it was like all around. Oh, well, it's an American treasure. That's why it's wild garlic. It's an Got American it. treasure. It's a wa- yeah. yeah, it's kind of cowboy garlic. Yeah. Ramps, mean, a.k.a. cowboy garlic. I do think... <laughs> I love that. It's trending. Cowboy garlic. Wait. <laughs> Hashtag cowboy garlic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ramps. No, 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 no. Hold on. Let's describe what they look like okay. so people know okay. how to buy okay. them if okay. they never have before. First of all, they're only run for like a two to three week period, Which, and that's why people get so insane. Yeah, that's why they're hot. Yeah. Because they're hard to get. And seasonal, like, to the nth degree. They're also very beautiful. Wait. Also, never, if you are picking your own ramps, if you pick them the wrong way, they will never grow back. <gasps> Again, a reason that they're a national treasure. There's There could be a finite supply if people are picking them wrong. Wow. So be careful. But how, describe how you would pick them wrong. I'm not sure. I think it's like if you pull it up from the root or something. I I forget how it works. If you're too rough with yeah, that cowboy garlic. That ca- cowboy garlic. I don't I don't know exactly how it works, but 
Basically, they look like a spring onion, except they're slightly leafier at the top and kind of more bulbous at the bottom. But they almost yeah. look like a scallion. But 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 they also go through a little pink midsection, which is quite beautiful. It is. They are they are gorgeous. I think a pickled ramp is delicious. Pickled ramp in a martini or mm. a Gibson. Is yeah. Yeah. Exactly. A good sub for a Gibson. Really good. But the thing about ramps, um, the leaves. Are, you can eat, I guess you can eat like the green part of the scallion, obviously, yeah. but something feels different about them with ramps. Like well, one they're thing. Almost also like there's some of you that becomes almost leek like yes. with the leaves where they're very, <clears throat> I don't know, sometimes I think I have trouble like swallowing yeah, them. Yeah, I'm like clearing my throat like, thinking about, <clears throat> you know? Uh, yeah. But I feel like, like you got to kind of chop them thin or do it in a pesto or something. Yes. Because you can definitely just saute them, but every time I do that, I'm like, I want to like this, but I don't. Yeah, I think that you've they've got to enhance something else. And then it's like they're the superstar secret ingredient. They're not like the main ingredient. It's too much. Some people garlic people go to those restaurants that are like garlic town, you know, stinking rose. Yeah, that (laughs) they probably love this. But one thing I love to do during ramp season is make fresh pasta and I use the leafy part. You puree it in like a uh, Cuisinart or something, uh, or you could use a mortar and pestle, and you put that in to the dough. So the dough turns <gasps> green. Beautiful. And then if you're doing a stuffed pasta, you could put the ramps in with like, I don't know, some cheese and spinach, yeah. or you can just make like a spaghetti and or a pesto and use the um, the bulbs. I love that. Yeah, also, and then you're using the whole ramp, and you often, feel like— yeah. Oh, yeah. If you get ramps, you can't waste any. Sorry, no, you can't. You can't. You, uh, you will be. That cowboy girl is going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. The president will be pissed. Um, I often have fantasies in ramp season of doing like a gigantic flatbread with like a ricotta. Yeah. And then put on a pizza. Maybe exactly like some saute. I think you'd have to saute them before um, like some sauteed ramp situation. But that's, well, that's our vegetable of the week. That's our vegetable of the week. And here's my quick embarrassing story. Once I was at the farmer's market and I got a bunch of ramps and I put them in my backpack. And then I got on the train. (laughs) And everyone on the crowded train started, like, walking away from me. (laughs) And I realized, even, like, in a plastic bag, sorry, Sophie, in my backpack, I still was emanating. Because without context, you just smell like you have terrible body odor it's like smelling a stinky cheese it's if you don't so understand so strong happening. exactly it's like yeah. your mom on the plane yeah with, my, with that cheese. cheese so if that that is to say if you buy ramps you might as well just like make a shirt or go around declaring <laughs> it's ramps guys. I, it's not me it's ramps <laughs> so buy your ramps buy your ramps When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.